I was reading from John chapter, from Luke's gospel chapter um, five today, this morning, and uh, about Jesus by the lake of Gennesaret, uh, the lake of Galilee, just another name for the lake of Gennesaret. And uh, I had a phone call from Jeff to say that Paul, who was to be preaching, had uh, got COVID. So could I um, step in? You're my last hope, he said. <laughs> I'm really dredging the barrel now. Can you step in? <laughs> so uh, I remembered, as I was reading John 5, I remembered that I had a message that I've, I don't think I've ever preached it here, but I know I've preached it somewhere else. Um, about success in the place of failure. And I've got a wonderful assistant that I've just got to know tonight, and her name is Beth, and she's going to come and read the passage for us. So um, if you've brought your Bible with you, either on tablet, iPhone, smartphone, or even the old-fashioned paper version. It's Luke chapter 5. Thanks, Beth. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Luke chapter 5, 1 to 11. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and have caught nothing, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. God wants to bring success out of failure. And here is a story in the Bible, familiar, I'm sure, to, to most of us. How Peter had gone out the night before. The night before the miracle. Do you ever think of that? The night before the miracle. Abba, the pop group of a different era, wrote a song the day before you came and her life was useless and meaningless and then he turned up and life became different. The day before the miracle. Peter was a fisherman. It was his occupation. It was his skill. It was his source of wealth. 
I think too it was probably his identity in the society in which he lived. But the night before the miracle was a time of frustration. Have you ever felt frustrated? They tried fishing one side and another. <clears throat> My wife said to me, we used to do all the marriage counseling in this church at one time. And my wife said to me, we tell people to have date, dates together, she said, and we don't go on any ourselves. <laughs> so I said, well, what would you like to do? She said, I'd like to go sea fishing. So I booked up two people for, for four hours or five hours of sea fishing. 25 pounds each. Remember that figure because it will become significant <laughs> in a moment. <laughs> so we went sea fishing for mackerel. I casted my net, my, not my net, my rod over, and it seemed like this fish just liked my line. Whipped it out quick as anything. That was the only fish I caught all day. My wife did not catch one fish. So that one mackerel cost me 50 quid. <laughs> but I'm thankful because it put her off sea fishing. <laughs> We went, the boat was up and down, and we're lifting this rod, and the captain said, he said, there were lots of them yesterday coming out, over it, we'll try over there. No, nothing, absolutely nothing. 50 pound for one mackerel. <laughs> it can be frustrating, can't it? And life can be frustrating sometimes. It was, a, it was also a night of failure. Um... Sometimes you try to deny the problem. And it was a night of fatigue. They were tired. They were worn out in the morning. All they wanted to do was go to bed and forget everything about fish and boats and nets and everything. And then Jesus asked them, go back to where you were last night. And it's not the easiest thing in the world to go back to the place of failure. <clears throat> Before he told them to launch back out into the sea, he was teaching the people and he needed some help. How many of you know that working with Jesus is a partnership? And uh, the, the crowd were pressing in on Jesus and, and he needed to get back a little bit. But there were two boats there. One of them was Peter's boat. And the thing was, this boat was empty and it was available. Some people's lives are so full, there is no time for God. There is no time for the things of heaven. Their time and their efforts are all booked up. Their diary is full, and there is no room for God. And then there are people that are not only not empty, but they're not available, they're just not around. Peter's boat at least was empty and available and Jesus stood and ministered to the crowds from Peter's boat. And I would have said to you, 
Dear friends tonight, if your life is empty and available, Christ can use you. You don't have to be super educated. You don't have to be super gifted. You don't have to have it all together. But if you're available, the prophet said, didn't he? He said, here am I. Send me. I'm a volunteer. I'm in. William Carey, that great Baptist evangelist and, and, and missionary, said, attempt great things uh, from God. Expect, attempt great things for God. Attempt, expect great things from God. <laughs> now, fishing is like catching people. Because Jesus said to Peter, didn't he, from now on you're going to catch people, you're going to catch men. Fishing is like catching people for the kingdom and I don't know about you but there is nothing that thrills me more to see people coming to know Christ as their Lord and Savior it's wonderful when people find the Lord so Peter he'd been out all night he was tired out he had failed he tried one thing and he tried another and nothing was working and now Jesus says go back but this time Peter this time I'm coming with you. And your failure is going to be a success. And when I look back over the Bible, I find there was a lot of people like this. Moses, for instance, at 40 years of age, wanted to be a deliverer. He saw the Israelites in their bondage, slavery, no days off, 365 days of work, 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 work. And their burdens were heavy. And they cried to God. And and there was nobody to deliver them. And Moses said, I'll do it. I'll deliver them. And he he saw an, an Egyptian striking an Israelite. And he hit the Egyptian, killed him, buried him in the sand. The day after, he saw two Israelites quarreling. He said, brothers, don't do that. Don't quarrel. And they turned on him and they said, are you going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And Moses knew that the secret was out and he had to flee for his life. Who made you a judge, they said to him. Who made you a judge and a ruler over us? And so Moses fled for his life. And for 40 years, uh, just in the wilderness, he's got married now, he's got kids now, he's a shepherd, he's he's minding sheep, he's seeing nothing but shrubs and sand and sheep. That's his life. How boring would that be? (laughs) And then one day, as he's minding the sheep, He saw a bush burning. Nothing unusual because it was so hot. The bushes caught fire, combustion. But this one was different because it kept on burning. And so he went over. He said, I'll go and see this great sight. He went over. And as he gets nearer to the bush, he heard a voice saying to him, Moses, Moses, don't come near here. Take your shoes from off your feet, Moses, because the place where you're standing is holy ground. God 
was speaking to Moses. He's now 80 years of age. And God was speaking to Moses. And he said, Moses, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters. I am concerned about their suffering. And I have come down to deliver them. And Moses, this is what you've always wanted, isn't it? I am sending you. Moses said, I don't want to go. He thought, Lord, you've got the wrong guy. I failed. I tried this once before. 40 years ago, when I was a young man, strong and every, <clears throat> I tried all this years ago. I'm the failure. I'm the runt of the litter. <laughs> I'm a nobody. God said, you might be a nobody, but it don't matter, because I'm a somebody, and I'm going with you. Then he makes the excuse. He says, what if they ask uh, your name? He said, I don't even know your name. I can't answer them. Questions, questions I can't answer. He said, just tell them my name is I am. Of course, that's later explained when Jesus comes along, doesn't he? I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. <clears throat> he said, I am. Tell them I am has sent you. <clears throat> well, then he said, suppose they don't believe me. And then he, he showed him the signs uh, that would convince them. And then he said, I, I'm not eloquent. I can't talk very good. I've got a speech impediment. I get the words mixed up. And I can't, I can't, I don't know whether he's dyslexic or whether he couldn't speak proper or whatever it was. <clears throat> and God said, who made man's mouth, Moses? Who made my, I made man's mouth and I'll be with you. And he's backing Moses into a corner. And Moses said, Lord, send somebody else. Do you ever feel like that? God said, I'm not sending anybody else. I'm sending you. He sent him back to Egypt. There were deliverances, miraculous signs, and with a mighty hand, Aaron, his, his, his uh, brother was with him. Uh, and, 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 and God was with Moses. And it was different this time. This is the thought. It's different this time. Because God was with him. And God helped him. And God can help you and I in times of, of, of failure and inadequacy and where we messed up. There was another period in Israel's history. They were backslidden. Jeff was talking about the cycle this morning of backsliding and then bondage, and then repenting, and then God's mercy, and then the same cycle going over and over and over, how the people were disobedient to the Lord, and how he was merciful and saved them. Well, this was one of those cycles where Israel had been unfaithful to God, and they had been fighting the Philistines. 4,000 people were killed, and later, in another battle, they said, well, we'll take the ark of God with us. 
the sacred ark where the, the tables of the law were and all the, the it, was, it symbolized the presence of God and they carried the ark of God into battle. That didn't make a scrap of difference. The Philistines won the battle. They captured the ark of God and took it back to uh, Philistia there. <clears throat> and news comes back. Somebody runs back from the battle and uh, he tells the story to the old priest Eli. He says, Eli, Eli, the, the old priest, he was 98, I believe. He was 98, and he was sitting on uh, a, a place on a, on, on a, on a rock. And the, the news came, your two sons have been killed. Israel has fled before the enemies. And then he said, and the ark of God has been captured. And when he said the ark of God had been captured, Eli fell backwards, broke his neck, because the Bible says he was an old man and heavy. And one of Eli's sons, Phinehas, his wife was ready to give birth. And she gave birth to a, a little child. And she, she died in birth. She gave birth to this little child and she called his name. She called his name Ichabod, which means the glory of God has left us. The glory has departed because of the death of her husband and because the ark of God had been taken. Ichabod, the, the, the glory has departed. But time goes by. And it says in, in, in the book of Samuel, if you'd like to read it sometime, it's in the earlier chapters of Samuel. <clears throat> it says it was 20 years. The ark came back, but it was carried to um, a place called Kirjath-Jerim, and it was there for 20 years. And this is what the Bible says. And all the people of Israel mourned, and they sought after the Lord. Isn't it wonderful when people begin to seek after God? When we've lost the glory, we've lost the presence, what can we do? And Samuel said, if you return to the Lord with all your hearts, rid yourselves of all the foreign gods, commit yourself to serving the Lord and serve him only, he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. And so Samuel took a young lamb and he began to sacrifice it to the Lord. And as he's sacrificing this lamb to the Lord, the Lord thundered a great thunder and uh, routed the Philistines and they, they fled and Israel fled and, and uh, after them and conquered at a place called Mizpah. And they raised up a stone. They called it Ebenezer. And it said, which means thus far, as the Lord helped us. They were in their own strength before, but when God was with them, they had a phenomenal victory. Praise God. And it doesn't matter about past defeats, past failures. If we take the Lord with us, we can have a glorious success. Elijah was a man who saw phenomenal things happen. He called down fire from heaven on Mount Carmel. 
and turn the whole nation back to God. But then Jezebel sent him a note. This woman was a, she was a piece of work, was this woman. She sent him a note. She said, Elijah, you think you're pretty good now, she said, killing all my prophets and all that, she said, but you're going to be just like one of them by tomorrow. And this woman, probably demon-possessed, she, she was a wicked woman, the, the, uh, the wife of Ahab. And Elijah fled for his life. He was on the run from a woman. And he sat down under a juniper tree or a broom tree, depending on which version you read. And the Bible says he wished for himself to die. He had the suicidal wish upon him. I don't want to go on another day. Have you ever felt a bit like that in the Christian life? <laughs> oh, dear me. I remember years ago when we were in, in, in our other church in Beeston, way back when, <clears throat> in the 1850s, <clears throat> we had an awful lot of trouble. Oh, my wife said to me, she said, why can't we just be ordinary people? Why do we have to be the pastor? Why can't we just be ordinary people in the church? We would help. <laughs> but uh, we, we were getting hit from every angle. I, I couldn't pray. I couldn't really pray. I, I, other people prayed for me. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why I'm telling you this, actually. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He wished for himself to die. Oh, goodness me. He said, why don't I just, you know, why don't we just walk away? <laughs> I don't need this. I don't want this. <laughs> and then God sent an angel. Now, if God had sent the local pastor, you know what he would have said. Now, Elijah... <clears throat> you need to take a grip. It says in the word, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. <laughs> he would have given Elijah 50 scriptures of why he shouldn't be like he is. <laughs> and uh, then they would have sent the counselors from the church who would have taken him back to his childhood and beyond. The angel of the Lord came to him. You know what he said? Wake up, Elijah. I've got steak and chips for you. With onion rings and uh, mushrooms. Oh, said, Thank you, Lord. I don't know if it was steak and chips. It might have been. It might have been. Uh, I don't think it was ham, no. Um, <laughs> kosher. <laughs> uh, and then he said, go back to... You know, the, all that's wrong with some people sometimes. They don't need 50 years of counseling. They need a good night's sleep. Am I right or am I right? You're right. right. So he fed him. He fed, the angel fed Elijah. Oh, here's a meal, Elijah. Now get back to sleep. So he slept again. The angel woke him again. What would you like this time? <clears throat> Chow mein. Chicky, ch whatever. I don't know what he made him. Just want a good meal and a good sleep. And Elijah felt, oh, well, I feel a lot better now. Elijah went down to the Mount of God and he stood there. He was in a cave. God spoke to him. He said, go and stand on the mountain. I want to talk to you. So Elijah went and stood on the mountain. 
He said, why are you here, Elijah? Why are you in this place of defeat? Why are you in this place of running away? Why are you running away? Why are you here, Elijah? He said, Lord, he said, I've been very zealous. He said, for, for, he said, for your people. He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord. He said, because your people, your people have torn down your altars. They've killed your prophets with the sword. And God, there's only me left. And they're looking to me to kill me. I'm the only one left. <laughs> have you ever felt you're the only one left? <clears throat> I, I, have a, I have many faults. I'll not go into them all now. <laughs> one of them is, I get a bit down in the dumps at how few people I think find the Lord. I don't know if I've told you this before. <clears throat> but I was in such a place on Wembury Beach, thinking, looking out over the beach, thought, how, how many people here are Christians? How many know the Lord here? And then I saw a lady who came to our church at the time with her daughter running into the sea. I thought, oh, praise God. Well, there's one there. We went for some food in this cafe on Wembury Beach, sat down next to this family. Turns out they're a lovely Christian family, go to an Anglican church the other side of town. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> there are more of us around than you think. We've just been on a cruise, my wife and I. And the, the, uh, the tan hasn't quite worn off yet. I'm going to get a bit of spray, I think, afterwards. <clears throat> We are in a, a great long queue, great long queue, waiting to go the COVID test. And, and, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of, well, thousands of us, really. The person right next, in front of us, my wife gets talking to her. And she, uh, she says, we live in Plymouth. We could tell they were from the north because they talk funny up there. <clears throat> uh, so... Um, my wife said, uh, you know, we live down in Plymouth now. Well, what, what took you down to Plymouth? She said, well, my, wife, my husband was uh, asked to be a pastor of a church down there. What church? It's an Elim Pentecostal church. Oh, she said, we go to an Elim Pentecostal church in Chorley. That's near where we come from. And my daughter is the pastor's wife. Well... We knew the pastor, and we knew his parents from Nottingham, and my cousin go to that church. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of Christians around. Later on in the cruise, we're having our gourmet food served by these nice people. On the next table is another couple. He would talk the leg. Where he hadn't been isn't worth going. He'd he, he, he been everywhere. And he was talking about these great drops of whether uh, the bus goes round and how they drive these things. He tells us all the tale. I said, well, I've taken a few um, parties to Israel in times gone by. I said, one year, I said, we went on the old Jericho Road, the ones that the, 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 the pilgrims don't go on. We went on the, and I said, it's a sheer drop. I said, we had some Irish girls that were very emotional, and they were screaming when the, the, the guy was going round. So he was asking me about um, the trips. 
He said, is it with the church? He said, what, what church are you with? I said, we're, we're called, because I thought they weren't believers. I said, it's a Pentecostal church. He said, we're Elim Pentecostal from Halifax. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he knew Pastor Hilliard, who was there. I went to college with his son. <clears throat> and uh, so it's wonderful. Sometimes you think if you're in the college, you're the only one in your class, or in your work, you're the only one in your work. I think heaven will reveal, like poor old Elijah said, I'm the only one left. He wasn't the only one left. There were 7,000 others that had not bowed down the knee. And God said to him, go and stand, go and stand on the mountain. And he stood there, and there was a violent earthquake. But God was not in the earthquake. And then there was a violent wind. But God wasn't in the wind. And then there was a fire. Everything. If you had had meetings like this, you would think it would be revi revival. But Elijah is waiting for the voice of God. And then this voice came in a whisper. What are you doing here, Elijah? He told him the whole story. And the Lord said, go, Elijah, and return. Return the way you've come. And I want you to do something. I want you to anoint Jehu as the king of Israel. I want you to anoint Hazel, the king of Syria, and Elijah. I want you to find a young man called Elisha, and he's going to be the prophet when I take you home to glory. <laughs> Go back, but I'm going to be with you. So my message to you tonight from this lovely story that Beth read for us about Jesus at the lake of Galilee and a frustrated fisherman that had tried everything he knew how, one side and then another, fishing, failing, frustration, fatigue, and yet Jesus says, let's go fishing, but I'm coming with you. And the, wherever you may have failed, business, relationships, financial, whatever it might be. Praise God, we can invite Jesus to come with us. And in the place where you failed, you can have a great success. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe we could just stand together, would you mind? <clears throat> we like in these evening services just to be as kind of relaxed a little bit and just to, uh, I would like us just to invite the Lord. You might have walked with Jesus a long time, but there's areas where maybe you've gone in your own strength and done your own thing. And tonight, I believe, if you say, Lord, at your word, I'm going to return. At your word, I'm going to, where I failed before, at your word, I'm going to be successful. Hallelujah. Come on, I know Jeff asked you to do it this morning, but just put your hand on your heart as a, as, as, as a bit of a, just an act of something or other to ask the Lord, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus we come and we say, <clears throat> out of failure can come glorious success.
We thank you that you are a God of success. You are a God of victory. Lord, you don't leave us where we are, but you take us on from where we are, and you lead us into great things. And Father, we pray for one another tonight in the name of Jesus, and we pray over each person in this meeting tonight, Lord. We pray, oh God, that the strength of the Holy Spirit will come upon each person. Hallelujah. What the Bible said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Praise God. Take the whole armor of God. Be strong. Be very courageous. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hallelujah. There is nothing, there is nothing that can stand in the way of the Lord. No fear. If you've got a fear tonight, a fear of something, might, might be the fear of failing, the fear of people's faces, the fear of the dark, the fear of the future, the fear, whatever the fear might be. Come on, believe with me that when you walk with Jesus, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay because he is with you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray over one another and we ask thee, O oh God, that you will strengthen and help each person in this house tonight. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.